Enthusiasm with multi-tonal voice. Yes. 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 Yeah, ready to rock and roll. Oh, okay. Well, Aviv Cohen. Shalom, my friend. Shalom, my brothers. How are we today? Good. Welcome to the Faffing About podcast. I am very honoured to be here. Yes, you, you join us on this strangely cold wind at the same time as being sunny. <laughs> Thank you. Hence yeah, I appreciate me being it. wrapped up. It's Sorry. like being in the Alps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad like I got this. Furry Christmas gift. This little jacket. And we all match. Look at us, yeah. guys. Colour-coded and everything. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes. I am your dad's brother. Yeah. That's a good description <laughs> of your life. That'll do. <laughs> well, That's what a do you win. Do with him? My name's Aviv Cohen, and uh, I'm a composer and producer slash producer. So I write music and produce music for many different things, whether it be adverts or um, shows, like I did the last three secret cinema shows in London. Um, I produce music for artists, so. Some artists come to me and we work together to create a music for them and tailor it to their sound and stuff like that. And yeah, and that leads to lots of other mini projects within those uh, categories. So it can be like sound design or dub mixing for a documentary. It's like kind of like once you start doing something, people are like, oh, you do music. And then you end up doing a lot of other little bits and bobs along the way nice. so that's good so yeah that's what I'm doing full time and I'm a freelancer so that means that sometimes I'm really busy which is great and sometimes I'm less busy but there's always things to do so yeah that's good yeah I was going to wonder how do you someone comes to you and says I want this piece of music how do you begin if it's like a paint, if it's a painting, you, yeah. you go, okay, right, yeah. I'm gonna paint it. But with music, how do you, how, where do you start making, just making things up, or do you, or do you, I really like that book recommendation that Steal Like an Artist. Yeah. I oh, know, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I told you about that I, one. I, yeah, I bought a copy and read yeah. it, and I thought that was really good. It's um, one of those coffee table books that are weirdly useful. If you've never heard those kind of like basic tropes mm. you're like oh these are these are quite useful yeah because it's it, yeah. yeah because the, the premise was really if you if you sort of copy one or two person people then it's kind of plagiarism but if you copy 10 or more people all at once <laughs> yeah then it's inspiration that's it and then but then it's because the, there's so many influences the blend becomes unique yeah and that's when it's um it was actually a John Mayer quote I wrote down actually that you develop your own style by failing to copy your your idols. A hundred percent. There's in that book, in Still Like an Artist, I think it says something about like if you draw a triangle and the next person draws a triangle, those two triangles are different. Despite them being triangles. Yes. So like all the variables that come into play, your hand style, the ink, the paper, all those things. So that that same thing that exists exists in music too where whereas in art i i mean besides like private commissions i i'm assuming that there's less like complicated things if you are a fine artist there's mm. probably like commissions and different routes to creating work 
but with music and especially the stuff I'm doing there's lots of different routes to that product mm. so in one instance um, you really have to think about the product that you're trying to create if this is music I'm writing for advertising or some project um, that that leads the road so that's the first thing we look at so let's say it's an advert okay who's that advert for what's the kind of style of the advert that they've created maybe it's worth looking at the precedent and seeing what they've done before also what other companies that competing with them have done before that's interesting what kind of style fits what's the audience and all these things all these factors start limiting down your your options mm. but creatively because you can you can have such a wide range that you can also look at a blank screen for a whole day and be like damn I don't know what to do because there's so many options yeah so that's nice so you start placing these factors into your into your spreadsheet of in your brain yeah and then you go oh, okay so it's mini and they've got this new car and it's aimed at 28 year olds okay what are 20 year olds like what are 28 year olds like who have money that can afford this mini so you start to like hone that down and you're mm. like oh, actually they don't like uh, underground hip hop they like you know Ariana Grande or whatever so then that's where you start but often the client will tell you what they want and if it's not the client it's the production company that has been hired by the client so they have their vision you have your vision and the client has their vision and this is that's the fun that's the fun and the complication too because like where do we go yeah so but yeah that's that's one route to starting some music like how do you start that's one route if if it's down that road yeah so go going back to that there must be days where you have well sort of a writer's block a composer's block where you just you can't how do you do you have those days and if so how do you push you, through them I used to have those days mm. um, but not really anymore mm. um, I'm finding more and more ways of being inspired by things that are outside of music mm. that exist in the world whether it be architecture Sorry, airplane going overhead if you can. yeah maybe we'll wait <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> carry on. serious it's quite loud Thank you, Southend Airport. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, pushing through block. Pushing through writer's block. Luckily, I don't really have writer's block, but I know people who do. And um, the thing I would say to them is to always chill out, first of all. Mm. Get a nice cup of green tea mm. and look at the bigger picture and always move in broad strokes. So when I'm writing or producing anything, I always do a sketch and it's always quick and it's always gut instinct. Mm. That helps me expand the view. And what's really nice is that within that sketch, there will be, you could call it like a composite of what's to come. So let's say I'm just sketching something on the keyboard. I know that this inside part is gonna be the guitar. And I know this bass part's gonna be at the bottom. Mm. So within this like one thing, there's like co coded in other parts. There might be like the drum part that I'm kind of faffing around with. Yeah. In the lower hand. Plug in. Oui. Plug in. <laughs> faffing. 
Um, that's really nice. So like the sketch is really important. And I know other artists in different um, work do that too, where the sketch is the important thing. Yeah. And then from there you can, can kind of relax. Like you've worked out your in and out points, you've worked out where your tension is and your peak moment, your climax. And from there you can you can kind of relax. You've done the hard work. The hard work is creating that instinct, that gut feeling and that, uh, oh, this is the good idea. Yeah. That's the hardest bit. So something I've been sort of paying attention to a lot, listened to different things recently and I've been a massive procrastinator over my life. Yeah, but too. And I think a lot of it is, um, yeah, the people that are really prolific, like prolific writers or artists, they seem to just it's show up and get something down. Yeah. Even if it's crap. Yeah. So you say, yeah, I'm just going to write something today. Yeah. Even if it's shit, because like, yeah, that was something. Um, it's like Neil Strauss quote. He's saying he doesn't believe in writer's block. Your, yeah. Your standards are too just too high. Yeah. And you're giving that's yourself true. performance anxiety. It's true. If you just lower your standards and just go, I don't care what's going to go on the page. It's true. I'm just going to write shit, just 200 shit words a day. Yeah. And then, but then if you do that seven days, one of them will be okay. Yeah. But you have to just keep turning up. Whereas if you just wait around for that perfect thing, it won't happen. Yeah. It won't there was happen. another interesting experiment people did on students for, uh, for, for photography class. One of them, they said, we want you to, after the month, we want you to produce, give us one really good image. One. And the other said, we want you to give us a hundred just shitty images. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care what they look like. But by the end of it, the people who had taken a hundred shitty ones, by far had, like, you could pick out a better, much better quality photo. That's Because they'd just been playing around. They hadn't yep. been... Whereas the person who had to give one really good one they'd sort of put you know put too much pressure on it and just just never produced so it's just keep turning up another good book i've li listened to recently called um atomic habits and that's that's sort of a similar premise to if you're trying to form a new habit or do something you know you're not used to yeah the habit is the powerful thing mm. and then you can build on that so as if say you want to start going to the gym or training just if if you say oh I'm going to do an hour a day five days a week you probably won't there's a good chance you won't do it because yeah. it's too you'll be it's too up. start on you too much yeah. but you go but just keep reducing <clears throat> reducing the level to a point you go well could you do half an hour well, maybe not all right, could you put your running shoes on? And you're like, well, yeah, obviously I can put my running shoes on. Yeah. Could you put your running shoes on and walk five minutes? Yeah. You go, yeah, yeah. okay, we'll do that every day. Every day. And then that's the habit. Yeah. And then that's a win, a tick box off it. And you go, okay, Set or I wouldn't, I'll, I'll walk to the gym. Yeah. And, and I'll, do two, I'll, I'll just do one bicep curl and walk out. <laughs> but if, <laughs> but it's this guy but then, who keeps walking yeah. in and doing one bicep curl. I know. And staring at people. And then, you know, if you're there and you do more, great. But it's forming that ha initial habit that's the, the yeah. powerful thing. He has these really tight shorts on as well. Keeps just staring out into the dark. <laughs> keeps rubbing my thighs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I definitely believe in that. I would take it one step further and I would say have realistic goals but don't be scared to adjust those goals in real time mm. this very thing happened like a few days ago i was working with someone else we're producing a track 
and the track was going okay and then there's some clash in like the vision of the track and and the the feel and a lot of this is feeling like however academic you approach these things if it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good especially when you're making a track that you like want to dance to so like the gut feeling is like let's stop it's a clash we don't want to push we don't want a negative vibe let's just stop put a pin in it and come back to it mm. but this was like 1pm and I know the session's going on till 6 so I was like you know what let's re-alter the target for today let's just make sure 8 bars feels good and then we can move on mm. so like the target was adjusted to be like okay if we can achieve that by the end of the day then that means next time we come to it there's more in there to pull out again that idea of that composite thing mm. if we make something small but it's got the details in I can expand and de de detach and detract from it detract from yeah. it that's that's a really huge thing I mean in music and I'm sure that applies to other principles and, and yeah. practices again I'd heard yeah a producer did that if they have a stuck artist yeah. he'll say can you give me can you just give me one sentence yeah. of a song or one word of a song by tomorrow and it just breaks that exactly you, you just just keep keep reducing yeah. the size of the task until it's yeah. until it's a point we go well yeah i could do yeah. that but then it's it's a gate it's a gateway in then isn't it you're not yeah. you're not sort of sat there panicking like oh i've got to do all of this i've been fortunate that a lot of the work i've done over the last couple of years has been for commercial releases or for advertising so that means that when it comes to like creative work the pressure's off but I've had the practice of working under pressure yeah. and I can't say enough about that because if you've got two days to get something done you it's going to happen yeah. how are you going to lose that job and people pa aren't going to hire you again heard of pa Parkinson's law no <laughs> so it's essentially the length of time you have to complete a task yeah. is the length of time it will take yeah. to complete that task 100%. if you say you've got a month yeah. to produce this thing you probably won't produce that afternoon it will take the month to yeah. do it somehow I agree but if you said can you do this tomorrow you'll probably make it happen yeah and that, so that so by doing that you develop you like sharpen your knife you develop the tool to then approach the thing with like your rational mind and mm. then you can relax because you're like oh let's vibe it let's make the track that feels good there's no pressure there's no mm. pressure on today but the, the actual, that's nice the actual bare bones of writing a piece yeah where where do you start do you do you ever take take samples other people have have put online and piece them together or do you actually just say okay these are the layers this is the piano piece i'm just going to play around with the notes ding 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 yeah that one sounds good yeah we use that and you're, you're literally just just messing Sometimes. around and you know so that's interesting i'm, I'm interested in genres of music as yeah. well and it's fun, it's interesting how you can your brain just instantly recognizes a genre yeah and you'll go oh well, that that's reggae yeah that's house music yeah that's no, heavy metal that's right but you don't uh, you know you don't actually think about why you notice it but what is it it's it's the underlying is it the underlying beat structure that it's, defines each genre it's everything yeah it can be something as simple as tempo in dance music it can be one two eight is this style and mm. one three two is this style yeah and then in other genres it can be the sounds that are used if mm. you're listening to dancehall it's very specific sounds. The bass sound sounds that way. Mm. The groove, the way the groove sits within the time is quite specific. 
there's this idea of the clave, this like structure within the time, um, and then there's like smaller structures within your time in music, mm. and the way the rhythm is played is defined by this clave. It's like a mini rule, mm. um, and like basically all of any music that's not Western has these rules. So like all of Africa, all of South America, any music that's from Jamaica, any anything has this style, this rule. And that is a genre in itself. So like all these different factors subconsciously add up in your mind as like a listener to go, oh yeah, that's, uh, that's reggaeton. Mm. Like, oh, okay, cool, that's reggaeton. The way the snare hits and it's pitched higher. Yeah. And like the swing of the hi hats. Yeah. All these different things. You're like, oh, that's reggaeton. Pick up on it. Plus, the guy's singing in Spanish, so that's quite like. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, oh, picked up. That's pretty good. Yeah. I've still been having, uh, been learning how to play the saxophone recently. Oh, yeah. How's that, that going? Still, still going, yeah. I'm so impressed. But yeah. No, I'm really enjoying it. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's cool learning about that. But yeah, I'm always in. Yeah, I'm always. In, it's funny, you just, you just pick up on the style, don't you? And I'm sort of going through like the pentatonic scale. Yeah. It's often using jazz, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But then if you add in a B flat, yeah, then it becomes the blues scale. Yeah. But somehow you'll you but and you you'll play and you go, oh yeah, it does sound bluesy. It's weird. You your 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 mind just sort of picks up on it. There's but there are the there is the underlying rules of rules of nature. There's also things that have existed and there's precedent for them. So if you hear a Lydian scale. You hear this scale that has a sharp four. In a lot of music, it's used in film music, and it's used to portray something magical. Mm. So it's like if you heard that, you'd be like, "Oh, that's like a Harry Potter thing," or that's like, "That's like mysterious." And yeah, because that's existed for hundreds of years. I wonder what that. I wonder what that is. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's something in mute. How can it's media. How can a, a set of sounds yeah. induce an emotion? Like you're saying, with, with like, yeah, films, yeah. like the classical music, because yeah. it's even more noticeable when there, there isn't the vocals and the words to go with it. Just and the there'll be a sound, you go, ooh, that sounds sinister, and you'll sort of go, ooh, that, that makes me feel a bit weird. Why but it's weird how it sounds. Yeah. It, it isn't part of that, like, if, 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 a, if something makes you feel uneasy, isn't it? they'll play a certain set of notes yeah. and your brain will expect another certain set of notes to follow yeah. but it doesn't yeah. it's a different one and you, you go ooh that didn't feel quite right yeah so this thing exists in music it exists in, in basically all art forms this idea of like tension and release mm. so you can create tension in music multiple ways you can create tension with harmony so when you hear a clash like oh that's really harsh and tense mm. and you're like is something coming mm. or not same with harmony in a scale if you're leaning on a tense note of a scale it feels like it's going to resolve mm. and it doesn't resolve yeah that feels tense yeah because the if you want to get a bit detailed about it um the way the harmonic series works the way notes sound there's intervals that feel perfect that resolve in themselves and there's intervals that are tense because of the way the waves interact mm. so like sound waves vibrate and a fourth sounds more tense than a fifth 
Mm-hmm. So if you were to play a fifth on the piano, it feels very in tune. It doesn't feel tense. Play a fourth feels a little bit more tense. A third is more tense. A minor third is more tense, and the second is quite tense mm. as, as well as a like major seventh that's quite tense because you've got this semitone um, clash yeah. but then that also exists in the context so if I was to play a bass note and then play that tension mm. now the this tension's grounded and actually that feels in tune yeah. so it's all like context it's all relevant to what's come before what's coming after yeah. so that's harmony there's also tension in in rhythm that's slightly different it's a little you need to understand more to create that tension but that can exist too with like polyrhythms where you have two rhythms that are on top of each other they feel like they're clashing or when a rhythm pushes and if you're in a dance floor you like it's pushing you that's tension too mm. um, so that that idea of film music being tense and like Without knowing music, if you this is the first film you've ever watched, you will feel tense. Mm. It's like inherent in the music, and that, it's quite amazing. Yeah, and that sort of tension and release is very yeah. It's done in a very sort of obvious example way with a lot of dance music, isn't it? Yeah, you have, you have the real build up, and everyone goes ah, and then that drop where it all changes, and there's just that big release. Yeah, like, yay. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's examples where dance music puts off that drop yes. so you expect the drop it doesn't come yeah and you're like, oh, and, you're yeah. like oh, and then it hits you yeah. that's really fun you like you, you trick them totally you can do a lot of things like that in music yeah. you can do like the most simple one that you hear a lot is it's called like the one drop where they take the beat off the one so you you're dancing one two three four two three four and on yeah. the one there's nothing Isn't so that, the whole um, audience goes oh the, and then you drop that's fun doesn't um both our favourite Bob Marley song, Natty Dread, does that, doesn't it? He goes, Dread, Natty Dread, Luck, Dread. Yeah. Is that K- is that an example? Kind of. Just That's an example of phrasing where you don't sing on the one. Right. So it's similar. Similar. The music is playing on the one, but he will phrase, because he's clever and a talented and amazing musician, yeah. he will phrase where it feels right, not where it's they told you to write yeah so like I guess that's the yeah I guess that's the thing you have to know the rules first before you can break them cleverly yeah exactly so like the first thing you learn is like here's beat one right on here and it, it should be four bars long or four beats long and like Bob Marley's like no I'm gonna start the phrase on beat two and it's yeah. gonna end somewhere later and like, oh, okay cool it's like it's great yeah, it, it, sue me. Yeah, that way. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will actually. Oh no. <laughs> That's like that creates then other limitations. So this idea of like limiting yourself is so good. So it's like let's say he starts a phrase on beat two. Now something else has to come in somewhere else. Mm. So all of a sudden it's like a little puzzle piece now. Mm. So you created the environment for something more interesting to occur. Where it's like if it's all straight. It's always gonna feel strange. Yeah. This is why a lot of dance people don't. A lot of dance music is a bit straight, and people are like, "Oh, it's not really vibey." And then you hear like good producers who understand these things, and it's like, "Ah, oh, that that feels good." And mm. some people don't understand why that feels good, mm. but there's rules and there's these things that exist. It's just so strange. We've got these inbuilt reactions to yeah. these certain sounds kind of wondering where it came from 
was there a new evolutionary driver for this or was it just a happy coincidence? I, I was thinking about this because this idea back to harmony and sounds that sound tense mm. I wonder if that's I don't know I'm just positing I wonder if that is just us if I played that same tension to a monkey would he go huh or would he be like yeah. like Cause, is yeah. it only affecting our ears yeah. and our resonance I and our because I mean I'd love certain to animals do seem to respond to music yeah um and you kind of, I mean, you could, the birds singing around us. There's a, they've got a, a, yeah, a, a, a melody going on, haven't they? I but, wonder. But like, will another species feel emotional when they hear the second movement of a <laughs> Rachmaninoff concerto? Like, yeah. I'm like welling up, and they're like, like yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Do they feel? I mean, like I those things. That music. That? that music makes people cry. Mm. Like they are burst into tears. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> Does a duck get emotional? Yeah. I don't know. Where did that first? Yeah. How complex a, a brain is required That's to, to to experience that? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. Is it an? Is it an ancient part of our brain, or is it a a more recent, well, a recently evolved part of our brain? There is There's a lot of ancient music, and more and more is being discovered all the time. Like when I was studying, like eight years ago, there was this visiting professor and he just taught ancient Greek music and he was doing research into ancient Greek music. It was mm. fascinating. It's mm. like, they're writing music on pots, pottery. And mm. I was like, what the hell? And it's like, he's learning another language to study this thing. It's like, God damn. Yeah. It's, that's fascinating. But yeah, songs and music has existed forever um, in all forms. Like. There's like talking drums in African villages where they speak the language on the drum right. to to send a message. Mm. Like I don't know if they do now, but they did. There's talking drums where the 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 language they're playing on the drum mimics the language they speak yeah. with the same rhythm. I was going to say, I mean, speech speech isn't dissimilar to music, actually, is it? When no. you examine it yeah it's a series of sounds in a certain rhythm with a yeah. certain it's got a phrasing you don't think about it do you definitely and some but perhaps speech that perhaps that is where it perhaps it's a that is where it comes from yeah yeah were we as humans born with this thing was it always there or was it developed was it an evolutionary thing yeah maybe it, it goes it along with recognising speech yeah rec communicating through sounds and sounds and, and that connection to a mother and a mother's voice and you know how babies ears are more sensitive to a, a, a woman's voice than a man's voice because mm. their ears are tuned higher so yeah. a higher do you know about this so a higher frequency a higher pitch is easily detected for a baby Right. And also the same is reversed. It's like women can hear a baby crying much further away than a man can. It's like they have a higher range of hearing in the high. They're more sensitive to high frequency. Mm. Is there a more awful noise than a baby crying? It's hideous. It's savage. It's like foxes. But I, get, I feel like, I feel like that's, that's evolved to be a hideous noise, isn't it? Because you want to make it stop. That's You're it. Like, that's I'll it. do whatever it takes. Yeah. I'll feed you. I'll, yeah. I'll do whatever. Just um, stop making that hideous noise. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty horrific noise. <laughs> Although I've heard, if you're a parent, your response to that is 
becomes different. Yeah. Like if it's your baby, you kind of go, oh, what's wrong? Really? Whereas if it's someone else's child, you're like, shut up, damn child. I think the first thing I'd buy is those bows. Quiet, quiet ones. Quiet ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Silent night. <laughs> just bowl around the house. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you didn't respond to your own it baby's is. crying, you would definitely be a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. But yeah, man. So that's like, that's what I'm doing day to day, and uh, it's good. I'm based in Essex. So I'm in Essex, but a lot of my work is in London and in West London. So I'm between the two places all the time. And the guy I work with a lot has basically the same setup as me with the same speakers. It's really nice. So I can like jump in his studio and work and jump in my studio and work. And there's no translation issues. So it's like, that's really enjoyable. Um, yeah, but music is, is everything. It's like, I've been doing it since I was seven. Like, mm-hmm. all I can do and will do mm. forever <laughs> so need forget to a grasshopper. don't ask me about maths oh my god yeah but I am interested in many other things but I'm not good at many other things if you get me if you get me we'll just a little time update uh, half an hour in mm. okay how's that yeah feeling good keep going you got your time yeah oh yeah what well, you're thinking yeah I'm just, got, just going to your time yeah no I've got to get back and uh, as long as we finish yeah we can finish at quarter, quarter two I've just got to get back and uh, let some horses in yeah so tell nice. me about this faffing around so I like I've seen faffing about faffing about oh god <laughs> faffing around, is, uh, faffing um, around. that's a private channel <laughs> <laughs> that's the unlisted videos yeah. <laughs> So faffing about, That's selected and uh, it's no no G, no G, just apostrophe N apostrophe. Yeah, faffing. Yeah, because you're like your streets, like you're cool. Yeah, yeah. we're down in with the, the field, kids. Mate. If there was a G, we'd be like, they're not. We'd cool. be like, come on. Yeah. Why you you're taking it seriously? We are colloquial people. <laughs> we speak in the tongue. We're colloquial as fuck. <laughs> we're bare colloquial, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the podcast was really just Kirk's brainchild, really. Yeah. If you want to discuss is this idea <laughs> about speaking speaking and having a free mind to speak out loud yeah, well, I'm just, clearly yeah I really like I, I love podcasts as a medium yeah I listen to them a lot me too um, I thought it'd be yeah I thought it'd be fun to, to do one and yeah. I thought uh, I don't know we, we improve you can only improve if we do it once a week for a year you're going to improve your conversation skills and Definitely. learn to ask better questions yeah and yeah just sort of push through and sort of um trying to work out with each guest as well how to structure it i quite like the free fall yeah thing. i like just sitting down and say let's chat about yeah and go what, what are you interested in let's let's chat about that but i don't know whether to prepare a bit more and you know right i, would, I mean maybe think of maybe doing a like reading out a quote each time or something something similar but i would say like most it looks like most of the people you're inviting on already have shit to say yeah <laughs> they're, like they're gonna talk people are talking That's the thing. like i've ch- chatted shit for half an hour there do you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah no <laughs> like, it's really good with like one prompt that's so I mean. yeah that's I'm, good just sit down and go what are you yeah what are, yeah every, everyone i think everyone has something interesting yeah. about them and then inevitably you'll end up talking about your passions or things you're interested in yeah yeah that's I'd, good i'd be interested for you to talk something uh i spoke about on the first one 
Yeah. Again, uh, it's one of those things. I don't know whether. Yeah, I don't know whether how how like openly to speak about those things. Go on. But I always like the the podcast. The ones I like the most are when people are just just really honest and open yeah. and don't really hold anything back. Yeah. But it'd be interesting talking about some of your uh, university psychedelic experiences. Oh, okay. If you're comfortable talking about that. <laughs> I thought you were know, about something even more private. I was like, damn, son. <laughs> no, I mean, we could get to that. If you... <laughs> well, pick, pick one. <laughs> what can I talk about? Um, I mean, only if you feel if you feel comfortable talking about it. It might not be appropriate. It might not be appropriate. Maybe. Yeah. It's one of those ones where you might have to talk about it yeah. another time. Yeah. Or maybe talk about... Uh, one of your friends I dis- could, who described their experience yeah. to you. Okay, that might be appropriate. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your friend's name? My friend's name is John Smith. John Yusuf Smith. John Smith. Stanton. Okay, what did John Smith tell you? Well, there's, like everything that exists in the world, the balance is very important. Yes. And that's what's really nice. You can have a lovely sober life every day, and then if you go out or you're with some friends, and John Smith's like, "Hey man, got this killer weed from Afghanistan." Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. And then you see John Smith like laughing. Mm. That's good. That's fun. Um, also, there's. I've seen. Sadly, I've seen some some friends of mine who who is turned really negative mm. which is really sad there's a friend of mine who's like really intelligent really clever um and he t- took too much acid and definitely his brain is melted mm. and it's really sad because the family's upset he's screwed up and like i think it's just it's just really unfortunate this this like moment of release and bre- brevity or what brevity levity is really enjoyable but it is to be had in small doses mm-hmm. you know okay i've seen i'm enjoying watching you squirm by the way this turned into a sort of <laughs> interrogation <laughs> some music playing i have no idea where it's coming from oh it's nice adding there's christmas music oh dear oh no yeah, that's, that's the now. first bit of christmas music i've heard was it november Seventeenth? Hmm. What is it? Hmm. I don't know. Something. Anyway, but hmm. yeah, I've I've actually had to cut drinking, basically, completely. Hmm. I unfortunately last summer drank red wine and ate red meat every day for the summer, <laughs> and got gout in my left foot, hmm. which was like amazing. And then I went to the doctor, and he was like. You drink a lot of red wine. I was like, yeah, like every day. It's like you having a lot of meat. I was like, yeah, barbecues every day. <laughs> and so I had to, I cut booze, I cut red wine and booze, and then that completely di- disappeared. The gout, which is great. It's this really bizarre. I had no idea what it was. I thought it was like this, like Henry the Eighth medieval like fucking pirate, disease, pirate, this disease. pirate scurvy. Like shit, I've got gout, and I was telling my friends because I'm not embarrassed, and they were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, it's this buildup of uric acid in your bloodstream. Mm. 
I don't know what that means. Don't ask me. But that's what the doctor said. And if you, there's things that irritate and cause that. And the less you have of that, the lower this level is. So I just like cut that shit out. And so now I figured out I can drink clear spirits. And there's some booze that affects you more than others. So things that are distilled longer, things that are sweeter. So port and red wine and all that stuff is like no. Whereas like clear rum is absolutely. Has, has fine. it helped cutting these things out? It really has. Yeah. Mm. I've definitely lost weight, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm like less hungover, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm enjoying some nights more. Mm-hmm. Because let's say I'm like having three drinks now instead of like ten. Yeah. The night is pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. And like they're quite specific moments when you go to the bar. And often when you go to the bar, it's like half an hour or 20 minute queue, which yeah. is sucks. So you cut that shit out. Yeah. You speak to your friends more. You speak to yeah, some nice beautiful to girl sort of more or whatever. To, to yeah. That. Yeah, definitely. Um, and often the places I'm going to, no one is or was ever as smashed as me. Mm. <laughs> so it's like I've actually just gone Save down money too. Yeah. yeah dude in London every drink's like £8 yeah. £8, pound, £10 pound. yeah I'm trying to think, yeah. think about being more mindful as my, my spending oh, at the moment so I, just, I, sink, I sink so much money on going out <laughs> I know it, yeah for me it's food for me it's like yeah. that in my brain is always like no like I'm not gonna skimp on food I'm like I wanna eat some nice dinner I worked all day Let's go here. And you're like, damn, I just dropped like 60 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> for two people. So like, easy, isn't it? Shit. Mm. It's quite, it, even cheap looking places in London are like, okay, that main is a f- 10 pound. But then you buy two drinks. You buy a side. Because yeah. it's not a main. It's like small plates. Mm, Everywhere's yeah. small goddamn plates. I'm like, yeah. damn. Like last night, like, small plate. It was so jokes. We ordered, ordered this lamb luffer. And in Israel lamb luffer is like luffer is this like thick pit of bread it's like this big it's a monster it's like the biggest taco taco burrito you ever had and then this <laughs> ordered it it's like 10 pound and then these two little tacos came out with lamb on it i was like shit it's just small plate london that's what it is you gotta bring a packed lunch well you gotta you gotta <laughs> order more you gotta like get two mains two sides yeah. drinks like you gotta order the whole thing to eat good so that's where all my money goes so cutting the booze was nice because i was like, oh, actually i've got some money to buy some food now mm. um, yeah definitely but yeah man yeah I'm i feel that a bit, bit more recently are you spoil you spending a lot on booze uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Normally do. I do love going out, though. It is Ooh. fun. But it's energy as well. If you're sort of working the hard week and yeah. then you're out late at the weekends as well. It's like you, you never have a sort of recharge. Let me ask you, flipping the faffing about mm. rule here, about your experience with yoga. Because yes. I had a good experience with yoga, and I still have. And it was so nice to go to that hot yoga class the other day. Mm-hmm. And I nearly died, but it was really good. And like, how is that interacting with the booze? Because often, if you drink on a night out and then you go to a hot yoga class, it's pretty savage. Are you, are you finding? Yeah, that I tend not to. Well, I normally go, I normally go Wednesday evenings during the week. So fair enough. Yeah. Oh, that's I good. I tend idea. not to. Yeah, I don't had a heavy night. I don't tend to do actually a long a long run. 
yeah. there's there are very few things in life for a long run can't yeah. solve just sort of flushes all your system out and clears your head that's normal that's normally what i'll do don't push it sort of too hard yeah but um yeah i wouldn't fancy doing a hot yoga class 40 degree heat it's killing yeah. so it's so good though you still you still doing the, the I'm, yoga regularly i'm doing yoga at home and where i can but the yo- hot yoga is just because it's out of here it's difficult to get to but if it was on the doorstep i'd yeah. go every week it's I'm, so good yeah i'm amazed how much i've i've enjoyed it actually and just doing doing it once a week it's a, it's a challenging class but yeah, it's um, really difficult like it's completely changed yeah I just, my body just feels differently more in line i've got less aches and pains generally it's i remember become a, become a keystone habit yeah it feels like you i need to do it now yes like i've got to a point outside of where it was like oh this feels good now it's like it feels bad if i'm not doing yeah, it yeah if i miss it That's, for a week i'll i'll, I'll think oh yeah, yeah everything's I a bit achy it. yeah it's really interesting like when i was like when i was studying i remember just being achy all the time your back hurts because you're in a backpack cycling around there's like two knots in your calf like it's always just pain and then you, i started doing yoga i was like oh i basically don't have any knots anymore yeah, Cause you work, you kind of work them out. Yeah, I had to get massages all the yeah. <laughs> all the time. I was just constantly like on the foam roller and yeah. massage balls trying to get these knots out, and I hardly get them anymore. Yeah, very rare. Do you use the foam roller for knots in your calf? How do you get them out? I, there's, um, yeah, I've got something called a, a rumble roller, and it's it's, it's, a, a, it's, a, it's a hideous torture device. But it's 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 one of the. It's one of the foam Ross. rollers, but it's got loads of like spiky <laughs> dimples coming oh, out yeah. of it. They're like 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 little knuckles, yeah. and then they they just you find a little spot Ooh. and you'll just go oh no nah, nasty. I didn't know it was possible to feel such pain. And then you but then you, you sit like, on it. Yeah. Kirk, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you naked, Kirk? <laughs> it's like turn the heat up. Yeah. <laughs> so you sit on yeah the rumble roller. Sit on that knuckle. Sit on that knuckle. Have a really good time. Just, just, just <laughs> yeah just settle into the pain, pain cave settle and all in. of a sudden it just releases and you're like oh that's got, that's, that's sit on the knuckle but it's <laughs> it it's, really it's so it's hard to make yourself do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no so, i know i know exactly what you're talking about i'm just yeah. playing around yeah it's it's only been positive for me um i just need to do it i i'd love to get to a point where i'm doing like it in the morning before work that would be so good i need that i need the motivation for mm. you know luke strickland our friend our mutual friend is the barber he was telling me that he puts out his running clothes the night before mm. and he lays them out yeah so when he wakes up he has to do it because yeah. he has to put the clothes away if not it's also yeah. like, that's brilliant again that's, that's, that's such good you, discipline you read that atomic habits book it's yeah. very good and that, that that is one of those you there's a sort of there's sort of barriers to entry as well there there are certain um what do you call it? i can't remember what he called, the term he used but there are sort of critical acts that determine whether you're going to do something or not yeah like putting on your gym clothes yeah you go okay i'm now gonna go to the gym you have to so it's that it's that it's that small act that that makes you do it you should get shorts that are so tight that you can't just sit in them mm. like if they're too tight it's gonna be painful like if you put your gym clothes on yeah and they're tight you can't just sit around and not go to the gym mm. you gotta go yeah 
That's well, the new yeah. room. Where latex everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, <laughs> I can see I'm you buying. I can see you buying like three three sets of latex. <laughs> well, yeah. I, if I, Kirk was did gonna buy week. him, he would buy three sets. Yeah, like he wouldn't sets. buy one set. Yeah. yeah. You'd be like, this is for you know the morning, and this one's for the afternoon one workout. Yeah. It's, yeah. You do need <laughs> two sets though. <laughs> you do need two sets. What if one set gets hot and sweaty? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you knew the week I just had. I'm just saying. I decided not to though, because I'm budgeting. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah just yeah. gonna save up. <laughs> Don't buy booze, buy latex, everything will be fine. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, to cheers, that. man. Just get I wish we had some drinks. Just get some latex on the go. <laughs> How are you feeling at this point? Leia <laughs> laughing in the corner. <laughs> she looks like the exec producer. She's like, you guys are all morons. <laughs> Uh, bless. Also, mm. can I say, you should find another venue for this in the winter when it gets like Jan. Because mm. as lovely as this is, also it's going to rain every so yeah, often as well. Yeah, it's going to rain every now and again. Yeah, yeah. Find where, a nice where, little where spot. Think? Well, you we, should we, find. We could actually just go under your cover. You could go there. Could go there. It's, I mean, it's going to get cold. For the, or you find season. like a, a yeah. pub that's like really happy to lend you like a room. You know those pubs that have like a little private room? Oh yeah, that'd be And cool. you could sit in a private room. In the pub. I'll tell you what, we could do it in... Um, so we do it in like the Three Compasses pub. Oh, that's far though. Yeah, it's far. far Depends, yeah. Depends. But then you've got all the, you set up all the camera gear, so I guess it's a fair trade. It's got to be maybe like a midpoint. What mm. about... Um, uh, that bulldog meeting office. That's a terrible place. Is that a terrible place? Yeah, it's just like we, a white room. We, we want oh, a sort of picturesque. Enough. You need a cool spot. Yeah, yeah. we want. Cool we need open we wooden need get, beams. We need to get Harry's cherry picker and put ourselves thirty feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. And just sit on the cherry picker with the camera. We need to do it whilst skydiving. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Be short, mm. short podcast. Mm. Be short. Yeah, we just dangle there, just like don't pick us up. Oh my god, did you see Upside that down. video of that guy who's skydiving and broke his legs? <laughs> Oh happens my all the time. God. Oh no. I see these videos from oh, time to time on his What was it was it a um a tandem one he didn't put his legs out? Probably. Yeah, something yeah. I think it was army. I think he was an army guy. Oh right. And something's wrong and he lands and he's screaming, Ah, I think I broke my legs and you see the guy come over and he's like, I broke my legs he's like Ugh. and that's where the video ends. I'm like, oh, Is that the one that God. um what's his place put up? Tom yeah, Segura. Tom, Tom Segura. Segura. Just nasty. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> Show that whole video. Oh, what, what, what was it? It was, it was like it was. I don't think it was an army thing. It was just a. Uh, I think it was. Was it? I think. I think so. Yeah, it was just like have parachutes. He didn't have his legs in the right position. He just went straight down. Bam! Just like <sighs> basically snapped both legs. Oh my god! Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be comfortable with that point. Yeah, mm. that's pretty raw. So you two, what's it like being brothers? Uh, how do you? What's so? What's the age gap two between years. you? It's two years. Yeah. So do you? There's, there seems to be a sort of critical. Do you, were you ever sort of competitive a lot growing up? Not really. Not or really. We have, we have quite. You, you, we we have, you, you get on very well, but then you, you bicker sometimes as well. Yeah, don't you? that happens with everyone that lives together. I think because we both share the same space, it, it can be, you know, slightly conflicting at some points. But like when we both had our own places in London, it was, it was so great just to hang out with it because we yeah. have very similar interests. Yeah, you know, we both love the same thing. And that's the only thing. The only, the only, like um, bicker that we have is just on like the most mundane 
tiny nonsense. Yeah, yeah, those little such insignificance. Yeah, yeah, those little. Yeah, it's funny like living. Yeah, those little when you live with someone, just little annoyances that grate on you. Yeah, it's but so really, silly. It's nothing, but you, you can't help just going, just them getting on your nerves. Going, yeah, but aside from that, no, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, when we lived apart and we were both renting in London, I'd meet up with you Dan in the week or whatever, and it was like so fun because like we have basically have like the exact same interest mm. and like coffee is good like this is the other thing in London everything's wicked so like like let's go to all press and get there like banging coffee and let's get a bagel and let's mm. like and it was all of a sudden we're like just hanging out eating good food and whatever and often there's lots of spontaneous music events or hey I'm playing here come check this out or comedy or mm. so it's like from a coffee, a five-minute coffee, you all of a sudden like an entire night. Yeah, out, which is that's do, really fun. I do love that about London yeah. cities. So special. But I always say I'm taught. I love the sort of visual beauty of the countryside and yeah. open space. But yeah, the social side of just being in a city is so good, isn't it? Just anything you fancy. You Even now, and, I like have fun. Well, I come back here to work because my studio's here, mm. and it's like it is nice how quiet it is yeah like I love the city and I love that get up and go and like you can just leave your place and it's always stuff going on yeah but it is nice to like see the field and walk the dog yeah just lovely chill. sort of being yeah out of it in the week I and mean, weekends just enjoying yourself in the, yeah in bit of both yeah. often like this week I came back for like a day two days and I'm going back to London again it's like oh, it's like quite bizarre because we're like not settled in yet. Mm. Like, just unpack my bag and then I got to pack it again. That's like interesting. Yeah, so it's like I'm in a bit of like a medium situation right now. Where yeah, like working a lot. When you're working, when you're working in London, do you ever stay? Do you ever just like keep in the studio, or do you always come back on the no. train? I used to. I used yeah. to stay in the studio. But now I go to Robin, my girlfriend's place, and we hang out and eat dinner. It's nice. Yeah. She, but yeah, I Robin's used to. A babe. Oh, she's mega babe. You should get her on the podcast. She yeah, is, definitely. She has got lots to say. She's very interesting. Yeah. I've been learning a lot about architecture and design through her, and f- absolutely fascinating the parallels that exist between those two practices. I had no idea. I'm thinking like architecture is this like foreign thing. Mm. It's like no. There's a sketch. There's a review process. Mm. There's feedback. Mm. That it's like all the same things yeah, exist in art. It's almost the sketch. You sketch the concept, and then you get someone who knows physics yeah. and goes, "Will this? Will this be able to? Could we achieve this without falling down?" Yeah, and it's what I've learned is it's it, there's a hierarchy to those two jobs. Mm. So someone above will sketch the thing that looks cool and then they give it to someone else like work out all of the problems now yeah is this cantilever wrong is that height enough how deep does this have to go like all those things like the actual yeah never thought of that as two separate things yeah that makes sense some some architects do the whole thing Mm. the bigger i think this is what i i think Mm. i don't know for sure but the bigger guys and girls they're the ones who draw on the napkin and then they give it to the munchkins and then they go off and do all the work <laughs> which you know exists in every form too yeah like, mm. funny but yeah that's cool how old were you both when you first grew a beard I think it started when I was probably like did you pop 10. out pop, just pop really out of the womb. early yeah. really early 
<laughs> Mine was like year nine Something like that. You're or like year ten. I remember being in school. Year ten. So yeah. You were like fifteen. Not yeah. like like this. But, yeah, but it, it was, was like stubbly, like bump, like stubble, a, but it was like a, mine. a pretty good coverage. Maybe not. Actually. Yeah, not as yeah, because you haven't yeah. got the you haven't got the side bits properly down. Yeah, well, yeah, it's coming. Was, it's coming. You'll grow. Up. <laughs> Thanks. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> <It'll> come. <laughs> but yeah, really so early on, and I remember getting in trouble. <laughs> I remember being at school. I swear to you, get out with that beard. My friend Jamie and Kyle, we'd be like (laughs) walking around, and the deputy head, Miss Nickel, she'd come up to us and be like, "You're gonna have to shave. You know that." And we'd be like, "What?" You know, like little kids, little (laughs) shit kids, like what? And she would like kick off. She'd be like, "You have to like if you come back next week and it's not shaving, you're going to detention." It's like what? And we never did, and she never gave us detention. But it was hilarious. She'd always grab us. And I was like actually getting in trouble for having a beard. I was like, this it was is funny. It was yeah. funny. So those Israeli jeans coming out. I know. It's the, the, the full beard. Mm. But so I've you- like trimmed it down. It used to be a lot longer. Mm. And now I, like, I'm getting mistaken for a homeless person mm. or terrorist. Mm. It's like not a good look. <laughs> 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 homeless person or terrorist. Which, you- which would you prefer if you had to pick? I think homeless. <laughs> That's a hard choice there. That's a hard choice. <laughs> Would you rather so terrorist sleep has a bit with of a homeless person <laughs> or sleep with a terrorist? <laughs> Side note, homeless person might kill you first. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Oh, I'm joking. So you boys have sold me on visiting Israel. Oh, you should go. You should what? go. All plane. Give us a... Give us an elevator pitch of Israel. Why, why, what, do you, okay. what do you like about well, it? Well, there are many things that are really fun about the place. First off, before the culture and before anything like that, and the country and the history, the history is the thing that's like captivating. You're like, wait, this place is ancient, and there's Roman sites, and there's burial places and there's prisons from the Roman times and the paint's still on the wall and like it's pretty mad spots that are really exciting to see and in such a small place like the place is the size of Wales and there's like many Roman sites not only that there's sites from the First World War it was like one of the last was it First World War? Was it World War? Well, the yeah, well, there's many, there's basically many like battlegrounds and different areas like that. If you go to the north and the mountains, you see like tanks that have like in the war against like Syria were like here and they stayed there and that's quite fun. And mm. it's a, so that's like the history part of it. Also, you have Jerusalem, which is amazing. And the history there is absolutely fascinating. Whether you're Christian or not, or Jewish or not, it's undeniably like, the center of the Western culture in a weird way. Mm. Like every rule and every value that has come about since then is traced back to what happened there and the rules and Moses and all this stuff, Old Testament and all the stuff that came from that exact point. So when you walk around there, there's this kind of little buzz like, huh, everything we know kind of came from here it's kind of it's quite strange mm. it's quite it's it's definitely an atmosphere and you definitely feel it the last time i went definitely felt that like without religion just the, the importance and the significance of that place mm. you feel it you feel this weight yeah it's very interesting 
that's like essential visiting for a tourist. Like you have to go to Buckingham Palace in your first time in London. You have to go there. Mm-hmm. After that, you should definitely go to Tel Aviv. You should definitely go on nights out. You should definitely drink coffee at like three in the morning. It's like all those things exist. Like it's so fun. It's nightlife is crazy. Everyone's up all the time. Yeah. Everyone's mm-hmm. up for partying and yeah. you see people like working and then you see them out like every night. Like, what is going on? I don't really understand how people are going out till four in the morning on a yeah. Tuesday night. The no. nightlife culture is a lot more different as well. Like places will stay open until like four or five in the morning. Yeah, wow. no problem. Yeah, like, like a normal place. Like a like restaurant. You want to go to a restaurant. It's like yeah. still open. Wow. Because it's like people want to eat some good food after they've had a few to eat, like drinks. Yeah. So it's like, let's go get some food. Yeah. Also, the culture and the people are very different. So like that obviously makes the country very different. Like if you walked, if you sat in the coffee shop, some person within five minutes would be like, hey, what's going on? Where, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going there. Why don't we go together? Like all of a sudden you're like hanging out with someone you never met and they've told you their life story. And they're like, why don't you come to this thing? And it's like, it's so weirdly open and like full on and everyone's like wired. It's it's a good vibe. Mm. It's a totally good vibe. And then that, those people then like run those businesses. So that's how like things are open, you know. There's so many things like in England and in UK that are bizarre that like aren't there in a way like you know how like you finish work and you want to go to the bank to sort out that thing mm. and the bank's closed mm. like, oh that's yeah. weird why would they close yeah. at yeah. six why would they close everyone else yeah, finishes why would they open at six everyone's working yes. clearly not it's so stupid it's, things like that don't really happen there because people have complained enough that that doesn't happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like it's really like quite common sense in a lot of things mm. which is really nice let's let's wrap up there I think yeah. and Let's go to Israel now. Yes. Let's book, let's book a flight. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you for coming. I wish you I've all enjoyed the, this. the luck and I hope you have good guests, better guests than me. <laughs> you were, you yeah. were wonderful. Next time I come on, I want to be inside with a whiskey. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Deal. Sick. Signing out. Awesome. Sayonara.